Hello and welcome everybody to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. And we have one of our former students, Joan Smith from Canada on, and she is absolutely amazing. And I just want to, you know, we didn't really do a lot of prep for this interview. I just want to ask her, what did she learn from InventRight? So she can share some of her stories and some tips and things that can help you guys work on licensing your products. Welcome, Joan. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. So um, you've been doing pretty well. You've licensed quite a few products, right? Um, I have. You know what you're doing at this point. Yeah, 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 I do. I do it every day. So yeah, I do. <laughs> so now one thing we did talk about is, you know, even though you seem to have such great confidence now, but you, I said, you know, what, what did you have that before you came to InventRight? And what were your hesitations about the process and doing the work before InventRight? And what, what changed? Okay, well, that's a good question because I, I still remember the day, and it was my husband that encouraged me to connect. Well, he actually said, you got to figure out, you have too many ideas, you need to figure out how to license them uh, because it would cost a fortune to bring everything to market. And I mean, that was 10 plus years ago. Never mind today where you have this whole social media landscape and figuring out algorithms. and. Well, now, did he use the word licensing? He knew what licensing was even? He oh, did. Okay. And I think it's because I think Shark Tank was on at that time. And, okay. And they had, you know, mentioned licensing. So well, it we sounds like he was very encouraging. Some people have spouses like, you have too many ideas. Stop it with all the ideas. Just do yeah. something else. You know, whatever. Yeah. Sounds like he was encouraging, though. So that's nice. Yeah, he was. So I, I got Stephen's book, read the book, and I was like, okay, I think. I think this speaks to me and how can I learn more about it? So then I reached out to you guys, became a student. Um, and I'm just the type of person that I'm kind of a, um, a sponge. I, I need to learn it all and learn it quick. And I'm also a kind of, and I hate the word fail because I, I don't know, but I just don't know any other word for it, but a fail faster kind of a person. It's like, okay, right. let's take this, figure it out let's <coughs> go to the end and see if it's possible. If not, if you're a creative person, if you're coming up with inventions and ideas, you're going to come up with another one. There's going to always be another one. So mm. never doubt yourself. So back to the confidence thing, <clears throat> I had no clue. Like, how do I find a company? Like, uh, how do I reach out to them? Like, do I phone them? Do I email? Um, what if they say no? That was the biggest thing. What if they say no? Nobody wants to hear no in any. You know, case. It, knowing you and how you are these days, it's so funny for me to hear you say that. Oh. Because like now with the way I've known you for years, yeah. um, I, I wouldn't think for a second you would be concerned about getting a no now. Yeah, so. and I'm not now. Like I'm not concerned about getting a now a no now. Right, but you were before. But I was and before, and so. I feel like besides licensing, that's just a huge life takeaway for me. Something I learned weirdly through um, like InventRight because it just gave me confidence. And when I started getting no's, I was like, oh, okay, well that, that kind of hurt. And then the next one was like, oh, okay. It's just timing. Was oh. it, was it helpful to have a coach there to go, no, that's okay. That's normal. Keep totally. going. That was helpful. It, it is because you don't know what you don't know, and it helps to give a barometer for that. So it's like, yeah, you might get five no's. That's okay. It's okay to get five no's. Other people are getting five no's. And once you start realizing that other people are getting 
two no's, three no's, four no's, five no's, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, that's normal. Well, let's now try another company, you know, and, and you start to kind of get through that process. And yeah, there's, it's actually empowering. So would you, I like to say what we do is experiential learning. You, you, you jump in and you just start doing it. And you said you like to fail. You didn't use these words, but fail forward and fail fast. Yeah. And and it's not failing though, but it's what you no. perceive to be failing before. And so you, I think, when you experience what you thought was failure, and you realize it's just the process, getting a bunch of no's, yeah. then you're like, there's an ex, was there like an acceptance phase of that? Because you're, I know, I've, I've known you for a long time, and you, you fully accepted that at this point. Uh-huh. But do you think that inventors need to? get to that acceptance phase. I think so many new inventors, they or inventors have been inventing for a long time. They haven't gotten there. Yeah, no, I, I would say so. Uh, sometimes inventors, um, what I have found, are people that are super, super creative. Otherwise, you're not going to come up you, with You are. You're super right? creative, yeah. I try to be. You are. And, uh, and then it's. I feel like sometimes creative people, they get tied to their product or their artwork or their whatever, a little bit too emotionally. So it might be even harder for them to hear a no versus maybe somebody that works in an office every day or um, outside every day or doing whatever they do. And they Mm. might hear no frequently. And so they might take it a little bit more personally. So when you can separate yourself from that and go, this is just business. It's just a product. Do they need it? Then it becomes, it's like, oh, it's not about me. It's like this product do they need it? Simple. Well, on that topic, do you find these days you do a little bit more research with all the other products in the space to analyze that maybe before then you came to us? Like you, you come up with an idea, oh, that's a fun idea, but maybe you didn't push it quite as far as with looking at all the other products in the space and maybe making some tweaks and things. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I feel like there are a lot of products out there and, but there's, there's always a way to uh, revamp it, make it now, make it current. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I always sort of thought of the analogy of cars too. It's like back when they made the second car company, why did they make the second one? There was already a car company or right. or, or anything like. Right. Well, that's fun. Right. That's an and interesting so, way of looking at it. Yeah. So there's. There's always somebody who wants something different, and there's always going to be people who, no matter what, they always want something new. Otherwise, there wouldn't be, like, how many different phones, how many different whatevers. Right. People that always want something new, so never be afraid to just reinvent something or tweak it or -hmm. put a different spin on it. Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking just the other day. I think we talked last Friday, and you, you... You know, in the industry that you're working in, some and some now with some inventions in jewelry, very important to be current. And, oh. and I don't know if trendy is the right word. Yeah. And so, um, with that and with other areas, are are you always are you looking at the market first and then coming up with ideas, or are you just coming up with ideas and then going, oh, I think let's research it now. Most inventors just come up with ideas and then they have to research and then they get some anxiety about what they might find. And then others just, you really know the industry kind of. I think that's where you are with jewelry now. You kind of know the space uh-huh. and uh-huh. You, you, so well that you just kind of invent and you keep on top yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. There there are trends. And so it's like, you know, are, are gemstones in? Is enamel in? So you kind, of, you kind of start there and you know what's trendy. And then 
would rather know up front if there's already something similar to it than to go down this path and design, design, and design, and then, you know, the curtain gets pulled back on something. It's like, oh, like that yeah. was already out there. So that I, happens to a lot of inventors. Oh. Does that happen to you? And does it happen to you less oh. now? Because you're more on top of it. It still happens though. Yeah, no it still what. happens because jewelry is so trendy. Like, yeah. like something that's in now isn't going to be in next year. So it's very fluid. Whereas mm-hmm. I know back in the day, um, I wasn't designing jewelry when I came to you guys. Um, I was my very first product I wanted to license was a wine bag, like a right. Wine gift I remember. Bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, so I was looking at that industry and. And I felt like everybody needs one of these, you know, sort of thing. And now looking back, I'm like, no, actually the ones that were out there were better than mine. But I was scared back then to Mm -hmm. kind of do more digging into those accessory companies and find out what they had because what if they had something like mine? That would mean all my hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, that's a giant problem for Mm -hmm. most inventors. You can't just go around with blinders on because if you're going to make a sell sheet, file your PPA, make your list of companies, reach out to 30 companies, those marketing managers, they know what's there and you don't want them then doing all that work, them saying, well, what about this? This is like, this is better. This is more or less the same thing or whatever. You don't want that to happen. So um, the advice I give people is when you come up with an idea, if you weren't just broadly studying a market and then trying to figure out how to fit it in, then you're kind of good because you studied and then you came up with an invention. Most inventors don't do that though. And that's fine. Um, But if you came up with an invention, like literally the same day or the next day, Mm -hmm. you should be doing your research because the longer you wait, the more in love you fall with it. You know, Oh. Um, the more in love you, the more you fall in love yeah. with it. There you go. I think I said that yeah. wrong. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but every yeah, inventor yeah. has done that. Have you done that? I mean, well, you just said you did. The wine bag, yeah. you, you fell in love with yeah. it and you were afraid of what you're going to find. Oh, um, absolutely. So I've I've done both. I I don't still do both. I, I research it pretty good right now before I do dive in. But it's mm-hmm. taken me a while to learn that, uh, being a creative person. Again, back to the no, I didn't want to be told no to start with, but I would say that just, I don't know, you just stick with it. And, and it's like anything in life. The more you do it, it's your 10,000 hours or whatever, right? And you just, you do it and it just becomes more natural and yeah, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. Uh, an, another thing that, I, that I've noticed about you, you're very consistently persistent. And I, I oh, love yeah. it when, when, when students are, I, I know it's kind of awkward wording, but consistently persistent. Being persistent for, for a week is okay. But if every week, week after week, you're, you're following up, following through, getting out there. And that ties in with an interesting story I want you to tell people, because you told this to me, and about uh, Ford. And I, I never heard this before. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to tell that story. Yeah, so, okay, so let me back up. So when I first started with InventRight, I guess my perception is, well, I don't know, I'm going to reach out to three companies, and if they say no, nobody's going to like this product. Um, and so I, I felt nervous about that. And then you guys gave me the confidence, no, you know, keep going, try with this company, you know, try this, try this angle to do it and everything. So over time, do, I learned Do you that. feel like you wouldn't have kept... I, I, I think one of the main things that InventRight Coach does is to keep 
the student oh. pushing and going. And now it's just natural for you, but it wasn't then, was it? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I needed that confidence because back to what I said before, I had no reference. I had no reference for do you reach out one time or 100 times? Do you reach out to two companies at once or 10 companies? I had mm. no reference. So I would have gone into this very, very blindly. And uh, so I still tell people best thing I ever did is is take your course, to be honest, and connect with you guys. And uh, we've had this long relationship over the years. And and I look at everything differently. Like I, I, I was getting really bad for a while. I would go into a store and I would see something. And because I do a lot of artwork and jewelry design, I I think, okay, well, I know of some artwork that could go on there. And so I would reach out to people with the artwork and, um, and, it, and it got exhausting. I was doing it a lot. So then I thought, okay, no, you know what? I got to go back to her, the whole product licensing. Mm. Um, it's not, not as exhausting for me. Um, but when I was kind of leading up then to that point and kind of learning to fly a little bit better, um, well, and you, you're going to give an example of that. I, we talked about that earlier. I love this story. Yeah. So, so I would I would then find who the gatekeeper is, and um, try and connect with them either by phone or email or or whatever. And I got to the point where, and I believe you guys told me this, put somebody in a position that um, definitely not rudely or anything, but can you help me? And yep. so I would say to them, you know what, can you help me? I really need your help. I'm having trouble with, and most of the time it was, I'm having troubles with finding the person who's the decision maker, the person in charge of um, new products, that sort of thing. And most of the time, you know, like nine times out of 10, the person on the other end of the phone, they're like, well, we're not really supposed to give that out or um, well, just a minute, let me see what I can do. And they put me on hold and, you know, and, and just if you're kind to them, they're probably going to be kind to you back. And I literally would get the name or the contact or whatever of the person that I needed to reach out to. So then I would go to the steps of reaching out to that person. Didn't always hear back. They get mm. lots and lots of um, inquiries. And, you know, you have to understand that and you have to appreciate that too. Like how many emails are they getting a day? How many phone calls are they getting a day? Oh, oh, wait a minute. You should actually think about the marketing managers and salespeople that you're submitting to and not just about yourself. Think about exactly. what their day's like. That's, that's, a, that's a revelation. It, I know, right? <laughs> I know. So it's like, you, you got to kind of put yourself in their place. So if sure. you don't hear back after a while, and, and then I started to decide, well, how do I quantify a while? So I would maybe wait a week or 10 days and I would send a follow-up one. Sure. And I would say in their second follow-up in the subject line. Mm. And then I wouldn't always hear back after but that. But now would you, you would you would kind of click forward on it and then create the new email and then yeah. in the subject so they could yeah. see the, the prior ones. The yeah. thread, that's right. right. So then I remembered something I had seen on a, on a TV show a long time ago about customer service. Uh, and it was the Ford Motor Company. And it was, I'm going to say it was probably, I don't know, like, eight, 10 years ago. So, and it was kind of this expose thing. And uh, they were talking about how hard it is to get to the bottom of when you need servicing or a recall or something like that. And so 
studies, this is what this show said, studies have shown that most people give up after trying five to six times. So mm. you have to get to the seventh time for them to actually take you seriously on customer service. So Ford at the time, that was what this show was about, they would kind of sort of ignore most of the inquiries that came in from the same person until it got to the seventh. And they're like, those are the ones that are going to get us in trouble. So we're going to hit exactly. those. Exactly. Wow. Persistent wow that's ones. And so I started thinking about persistence in that way and thinking like, well, wow, if it's kind of a documented thing, like, why wouldn't I keep trying? Why would I feel like right. I should stop after three? So I literally, to this day, I will in the subject line and I'll put urgent. Um, I don't know if that helps or not, but I do put urgent and I'll say, you know, seventh follow up. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to say again, back to the nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10, when that happens, the seventh or eighth time, I actually get an apology. I am so sorry. I've been so busy. You know, we get a lot of submissions because now you've put people in the position where, and you're not trying to make them feel bad about it. It's just, you're just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit <laughs> guilt worse. But, but if you just kept sending the same thing and you yeah. didn't put like when it gets that, that many, yeah. a seventh follow up, yeah. I, I don't find most inventors are, are doing outside invent, right? Doing what you're doing right there. And mm. it's not rocket science, but that's what our coaches push our students to do. Yeah. Um, oh, and I love I just love that story that you had told me earlier about about I'm sure they don't like that story, but I know. it is what it is. And yeah. you, how you applied it to licensing, you know, Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. I think a lot of us do feel that way about some large corporations trying For to get sure. help sometimes. And yeah. I've noticed that when I just keep like I think they're paying attention. They're keeping track of that stuff like, ooh, this, you know, we're going to get in trouble if we still yeah. don't respond. Yeah. Um, so. But I don't. I think that marketing managers, we need to be understanding of them and their life and their, their, the, you know, people in corporate America are doing like two or three people's jobs these days. They're inundated with email. So yeah. don't be ever mad about it. Just go, that's what they're dealing with. And this yeah. is what I need to do to get their attention. There's no need to be angry. Like, this is the greatest thing. Why aren't they looking at it? Why aren't they responding? No yeah. need to be angry. Um, but your your persistence, I, I don't know, don't mean to stereotype, but you are Canadian, so uh, you're super friendly. <laughs> but you're, you're and you're still being friendly all this time. Yeah. You're, you're saying seventh follow up, or maybe you're saying urgent in some cases, but you're not telling them that you're you're pissed or anything. No. Right. You know. Never. So. No. So. No. Yeah. No. I still want them to feel in that in that headspace that they need to help me, or they yeah. I guess they need to apologize for not getting back to me. It just you're just kind of flipping the switch a little yeah. bit and yeah, you're just asking for help. It's just transactional. That's all. I have a product. Yes. You have a company. Do you need this? Maybe not now, but maybe later. Yes or no. No. Okay. Let me move on. And you, you, you have no idea if you got their attention or you didn't, you don't know idea if they're terrible about looking at all their emails or more looking at their emails from their boss and certain types of emails and ignoring the rest. And you, you just don't know. You no. don't know if they looked at it three times or didn't see it single time in the seventh time you send it where they're like, seventh follow-up, oh, I better look at this. And they're like, oh, this is yeah. interesting. You yeah. know? Um, totally. And also, it's not just because you want them to see it, because you need to move on. So you need to know. Yeah. You need yeah. that know. It's like a failing forward thing, you know? Yeah, um, and, and you you know, you don't want to be doing, you know, 15 follow-ups. There's a point where you're yeah. going to give up at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... 
your story about Ford is great. Like they, they've yeah. found that after five or six people give up. So, yeah. and, and you're just going to stand out, yeah. you know, when they're like, wow, that's maybe they don't even like your product, but they're like impressive. Wow. This isn't like, maybe they're thinking, I wish I did that much follow up with the things I do, you know? Honestly, do you know, I had a deal. It went south last year. I'll tell you this, actually, this was interesting. So I had reached out to this woman. Uh, I do a lot of jewelry design now. So I reached out to her and she distributes to stores and all that kind of thing, but she's not a jewelry designer. So her and I had these conversations, actually it was year before last. We had these conversations back and forth and, um, she liked that I was persistent because uh, I had a hard time getting a hold of her too. But mm. she actually praised me for being yeah. like, because they want to work with somebody that's passionate also. Right. They want to work with somebody that's just half-baked about something. So pour your passion into it. I'm pretty, you know, uh, vulnerable. I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's like, yes, this is the best this until it isn't. And then I move pa on. To passionate, but professional. Yes. Like getting upset and angry, oh. not professional ever. There's you know? no place for that. There's no place. Yeah, yeah. So her and I started talking back and forth and, uh, and, it, and, and I had sent her some designs. We were going to move forward. And then the pandemic happened. Hmm. Um, and then, so anyways, her company um, actually went under. And so unfortunate for that. But you know what? We still actually keep in touch because, you know, if she ever... Uh, if she ever ends up working on a sales team that goes out there and is selling jewelry for somebody else, she liked what I had. We kind of liked each other's vibe. So I think that's, again, the takeaway. It's like, well, that didn't work, um, but I was persistent to get to her. And now you've got this relationship that you never know. Yeah, you know, and I, I think what I get from you is it, a lot of times it won't work. Like yeah. you called up and you said, you know, it's nice when you call sometimes and you say, can you help me? And a lot of people, they want to help. They're like, people don't want to say, no, I can't help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but just because that's an approach doesn't mean every time you try it, it'll work. Maybe yeah. one in four times it works. Yeah. And then you get the person that you really need to talk to. So, um, and you're, you've gotten this uh, thick skin acceptance of that, whatever you want to call it, you have that. And that's why you're licensing products. And an inventor that can't acquire that thick skin acceptance of that dynamic of licensing, they will not be successful. They won't be successful in life, quite frankly, either. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it just, yeah, you just got to separate yourself from all of the other stuff because, you know, something you said, like, you don't, you don't know if they need this product. You don't even know if they're getting your email. Like there's also spam, yeah. like maybe your email's going into spam. So you, you should never assume what somebody else is thinking, whether it's in life or when you're licensing and it's like, well, they didn't get back to me in a month. They must not like my product. Yeah. That, that, no. Like, don't ever invent not... a story in your head. Like, I've done that. I've invented all those stories back in the day. And and I thought, oh, they're not getting You, back you don't to know. Me. Maybe they left the company and it's just going <laughs> off into the ozone. I've had that happen. Maybe they're like in a transition with moving into a different position. You never know. And it's just more thinking. I like this. I like saying this a lot lately. Uh, more doing, less thinking. Like just thinking that and yeah. imagining what could be. Just don't. You don't know. So no. just keep pushing no. out. Keep pushing out. You know, in a very friendly, Absolutely. polite way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing too is, um, I, I liked what you said about the whole professional thing. And I think sometimes, you know, people are either kind of shy or introverted about, you know, maybe when they've got their first product or their second product. And it's like, well, I don't know if anybody's going to like it or else there's the other side where they could be like extra pushy. It's like, no, this is the best product in the world. You need this. So there's a fine line between being humbly confident and, you know, just being like, you know, um, boy, have I got something for you, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, just, just, just be kind, just be kind and a good person. And I don't know, it just all seems to, to fall into place. And good, good advice, Joan. Good advice. Yeah, Thank you so much for sharing your, yeah. your, your knowledge and your, your, your mindset and kind of, uh, just failing forward to get to success yeah. and it's working for you. I, uh, late, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but we'll take a look at your contract. I'm helping Joan out with a contract. She has interest right now. We should set yeah. a time up later today to take a look at that. Um, Sounds good. and, Sounds um, good. thank you so much, Joan, for sharing your experience. Thank you everybody for listening. Joan's licensing products. Listen to her. Uh, follow her advice, and if you ever uh, want to be coached like Joan did, then you can also go to InventRight and check us out. Take care, everybody. Keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. See you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.